Mike, turn your games down. episode 171 of games my mom found i am mike Halberton, and who's doing a barrel roll with me tonight that's all i got <laughs> hi i'm dominic returning from star fox adventures if you find me in the dissident waves podcast my name is blur farrell i'm the owner content uh comic book video games.com and i'm sorry crystal your thirst traps don't work on me because my heart belongs to officer first mate jenny of the righteous indignation from bucky o'hare <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> of things you just said <sighs> you know i was just watching a video of bucky o'hare for nes and i was thinking about putting that on the show at some point <laughs> oh please 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 i want to be on it so bad that game is so good uh, it looked good i was like huh this could be fun. Okay. I have, um, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy ROM hack that turns that game into a Guardians of the Galaxy game, and it's shockingly, like, accurate. Okay, you, you have my attention. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google this later. So if we are here to read talk. More, go on my website. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do that. Plugging. We are here, uh, we are here to talk about Star Fox Assault that came out in 2005 for GameCube, developed by Namco, published by Nintendo. A game that was actually supposed to be on the show. Back when we did Star Fox 64 in like the 20 somethings, because originally one of my original co-hosts had picked it and then we had Star Fox Assault, but then he quit the show. So I changed it to Star Fox 64 because I didn't want to go buy this for GameCube and I couldn't emulate GameCube at the time. I didn't want to play this legit because I was worried if I played this legit, I wouldn't be able to beat it, which I'm pretty sure is true. So yeah, Uh... so after we played Star Fox Adventure last Last season, I mean, a couple months ago, it 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 made me want to play this, like because I had no intention of ever putting this on the show. But after that, I'm like, I want to play more Star Fox, and I took off whatever that I don't even remember what was on the show originally at this point for this episode. But instead, you guys get to hear us talk about Star Fox Assault, and I just you know every so often we play a series, and I'll be like, you know what, I really want to play more of this series. And so after playing Dino Adventure, it made me want to play this game. Even though I know these, this has nothing to do with Dino Venture. Well, nothing like Dino Venture for gameplay. Well, it's style. the sequel. Yes, but it's not like the gameplay is not the same. But it's the sequel. <laughs> yes, it's a good palate cleanser for sure. It is like it, the most forgotten GameCube mainline Nintendo game out there. Yeah, you don't hear a lot of people talk about Star Fox Assault. You are right. Like I feel like you hear people talk about like Chibi Robo and Odama more. <laughs> well, it was just well, that year of GameCube where it was like it was what a month or two after resident evil 4 so it was just like in that shadow and like people like the gamecube was more or less dead at that point yeah i i can't remember i remember when this came out because i think my friend Corey would have had this and tried talked about it but i can't i i remember it very little i just know that a lot of people hated dino adventure so people were not like happy about this game and i remember seeing your reviews about this game the fact that it wasn't just the R wings you were on foot and stuff and people were complaining about it. So I, I never touched it. Plus it's Nintendo. So it probably wasn't cheaper for me to pick I up. I rented it back in the day for sure. And people complaining that it's just not R wing stuff. This makes me just reflect on how stupid people are. <laughs> in replaying it though, I kind of get it because I, I do. I also didn't mind like the changing, the switching up, but I didn't realize exactly how little R wing is in this. Like there's even one mission where like you're on foot and then it's like, okay, time to get in the plane. And then like the plane gets blown up and Fox is like, Oh, come on. And I was like, I feel the same way guy. <laughs> it's because they were doing something different with Nintendo. They're is... trying to do Star Fox too. They've been trying to do Star Fox too the whole time. I mean, essentially 
because Star Fox 64 is a reboot of the entire of the of the franchise. This is the third one in the Star Fox 64 canon. This is the third game or the third entry of that story. Mm. Go Star Fox 64, Dino Adventure, then this, which is kind of weird if you think about it. Yeah, because I mean, I always thought Star Fox because Star Fox 64 is essentially a remake of Star Fox one for story wide. Yes, which is also odd to me. Yeah. yeah, Star Fox is a weird. It's a franchise that doesn't get enough love. I feel like, especially now, I mean, we no. haven't got a Star Fox game since Star Fox Zero, which is terrible because that's the not entirely true. Oh right, yes, because uh, Starlink. Oh. oh yeah, the Super Nintendo I... Classic is worth one thing exactly, and that's getting Star Fox Two. Well, it's on NSO now. I think maybe oh, it's it not. It's also, I'm sure, on the internet at this point. Oh, I thought I'm sure that ROM got dumped pretty quick after that thing came out. So. I thought we were talking about Starlink because uh, apparently, like oh. that's the secretly like the secret best Star Fox sequel, even though it sold terribly. Like it was even like last year, like, there was a dollar store and they were selling the Starlink box with the Star Fox ship and not the game for like four dollars. And I was like, oh, I just want that ship. That's all I want because <laughs> it's a really cool R wing toy. I mm. kick myself because I had saw it for, I think, less than $20, but I didn't have a switch at the time, so I didn't buy it. And I kick myself for not buying that because I want that toy and I want to play. I mean, I have Starlink on, on Steam. I had mm. the complete set on Steam. We made it on some sale at some point, but there's no Star Fox, which makes me sad. So but, this is the game that kind of made very clear that what they were going for in terms of like style and presentation, I think. It's a very pretty game. It still looks really pretty like when i i had never played this before until this past week and i played through it and it's still beautiful like that first mission where you're protecting now you're fighting some giant army that's supposed to take on fortuna i think right is what is mm-hmm. or some you're fighting some army i didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the story it's the like remainder of uh andras's army because the leader is his son or Wickeny. nephew a nephew from like Star Fox 64 who was like one of the uh, Star Wolf team's team members. And I thought that was a, it's a really cool level. Like you're just flying through and fighting all these ships and it looks badass. Really did. I, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it starts strong and like it's something about Star Fox that is kind of I guess they they do away with voices in like in the DS game because I mean, it makes sense. It's a DS game. But Nintendo was so anti-voice like acting and presentation, and I don't know why the Star Fox games had so much effort put into that. Because like, it's the Western have, like, series. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. But I mean, like, because Phil and Cuthbert, like, they were flown to Japan to, like, make the original Star Fox. And I think the second one was made probably in-house by Nintendo. And then I guess you know, Rare did the next one. So I guess it's kind of all over the place. Because I guess, like, Command and was made by... You and they're in Japan, and that's Dylan Cuthbert again. Yeah, but weird franchise. <laughs> the the presentation of like the uh, voice acting and all of that stuff reminded me of the uh, infamous Nintendo Direct puppet show they did in like 2015, I think, or 2014 maybe, where like uh, when they were down Star Fox Zero and like Reggie and Iwata and Miyamoto were all like puppets, and it was very like stilted and weird. And I think that's just like a weird, like, that's kind of what they were going for was like Saturday morning, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Tonkatsu or something like that? Well, Tokenatsu? Like the style? First Star Fox, it was like, and even like Star Fox 64 to an extent, like, they wanted, I think, to be something like Thunderbirds. Yes. Where it was like marionettes and like, 
even in Starbuck 64, like the low poly models, like the way they kind of open their mouth is very much like a, a puppet. Yes. Okay. I can see that. I never really thought about that. I actually, I, I'm not sure what you, I don't remember the, but I don't watch Nintendo shows, stuff like that, or any of those. Yeah, I think it was their E3 presentation where they they just were all puppets. That is weird. But I can see it, though, because, I mean, even like with Star Fox Assault, the way that they do talk with the voiceovers, I mean, you can, you know, they do kind of, they don't look realistic. I mean, they are animals, so, but so. <laughs> you staking ape. Yeah, I mean, it is funny how you're, I don't know, I, I do, I just, the first level, then you fight in the space and you go down on the planet, and it's just such a really good level. Like, I mean, you get to see all these, I, I fight mechs and stuff. I just really liked it. I was surprised by how cool it was. And I'm not a big flying guy fan of games like this, but I was like, wow, this is really, really good. It's yeah, a really good first level. That's my point to that, because we, we have a, a chat group about this, and then it, it kind of threw me off, because I guess in this universe, it's like made up of very different like species or whatever, and then like through the entire first mission... There's like, oh, you like dirty ape. And I was like, is this like a racist term in this universe? Yes, <laughs> yes it would be. I mean, there's no question. I mean, yes, you are fighting apes because Okanagi is an ape and Andros was an ape and they're part of the same race. But that's still, yeah, they're still being very yeah. racist. It's like apes and lizards and are like the bad ones or something for some reason. Not entirely. Like there's Star Wolf and Fox. or They're like pretty much, I mean, I guess wolves and foxes are not the same, but they're in the same genus aren't they yeah i mean crystal's a fox that she is, is. but she's good she yeah the good side. I it's strange i mean pigma was is a pig and he was part of star fox so he betrayed them is this really just some animals are good some animals are bad and that, that's just it yeah i think so yeah. i mean that's the best way to put it <laughs> i mean we're looking way more into this than anyone else ever <laughs> uh, and i i did like that the first boss fight is with and Okanagi, which is kind of a throwback to the Andros fight, but way, way easier from Star Fox 64. He's in the same kind of like he's in a mech with a face and two hands to try to hit you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool throwback. I mean, it's a cool way to kind of like connect the story to the other game. But at the same time, like right after that fight, after you beat him and kill him, essentially, that's when you find out what the real villains are. These how the hell are they called? They start with an A. Aperoids. Aperoids. Essentially the Borg. Yes, I was. Thank you. I, it's the, I had just it's, watched Best of Both Worlds like a week before this and got it. It hit me how much this is a reference to the Borg. It's the Borg plus the X from Metroid Fusion. Yeah. OK. What I really like about the opening is that like the way the Star Fox story is, is like this is the first game where other than, I guess, Star Fox 64, which is the start where everything kind of starts on a positive note for the team. Because I mean, you look at the start of Star Fox Adventures, like Peppy is gone and like the great boxes run down and Fox is like we're in desperate need of money. And that's kind of how Star Fox Command also starts, where Fox has kind of kicked everyone off the team for some reason. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played Command. But this one is like we're together and we're like this like awesome unit working together. You guys probably would remember Star Fox Adventures more than I because I haven't finished it in years. Yeah. So Crystal's in like an excellent pilot now. <laughs> like, I guess flying dinosaurs is the same thing. <laughs> well, my guess was that it had been a while since Star Fox Adventure, I'm assuming, because like when yeah. you see Tricky, he's all he's grown up big, now. Yeah. So my and, guess know, is it's been a while. And Andros's forces. Well, that's the thing. Andros's forces are just now finally like revealing themselves to take over Fortuna or whatever it is. 
And you would think that would happen like maybe a few months later or something like that, if that. But it could be years. We don't know. It's not I mean, clear. Maybe they had to wait, you know, 30 some years to get it all ready for the Emperor to come back to life and be in a clone facility. I mean, that's all. Maybe. Nothing. Yeah. It, okay. I mean, it's, it's a stupid <laughs> nitpicky <laughs> thing, but like, I do like how they how they were willing to kind of shake up that dynamic where Peppy is kind of like the like guy in the chair on the Great Fox and Crystal is like with the team. And like, I don't know, like I, I just something about like the feel of this game. That's really cool. And then Slippy's dad is there. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, and and I really like Crystal in this, too. I mean, Crystal doesn't do anything. She's just one of your pilots with you with Falco and Slippy, but she's better than both of them. So <laughs> Falco is really an asshole in this game, too. Who's that? Not... All of them. <laughs> yeah, I, it's been it's been a long time. I played sixty four, so I don't really remember a whole lot of it. But yeah, I know he's always an asshole. But I mean, he's such an asshole in adventures. He literally shows up to help you in the final boss fight and then leaves again. Yeah, you are right. It's been God, it's, it hasn't been that long since we played adventure, but I don't remember it that well. <laughs> I don't know, it's always really cool that it's I like the crew same a lot. One out the other game. <laughs> And I like how the second level you is when you first are on foot. I don't mind the on foot missions. I know that people were very hit and miss on them at first when I heard, but I, I really got a kick out of it. I they're thought fascinating. it was they're decent. I mean, yes, you could, I don't like the land stalker, but I like being on foot and I like the Arwing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Landmaster because Oh Landmaster. Oops. Yeah, it's it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, no. but uh it's so weird. Like, I mean it is a tank, but it's feels like a tank like it's so clumsy to control especially when you're like turning and there's like levels that essentially require it i guess my only big thing about like the on foot missions is that like there's aerial battles going on around you and people in spaceships are still like hey can you like take up these people it's like i'm on the ground guys you're gonna have to take care of yourself (laughs) that's the part that i find annoying about the game is just so much reliance on Fox to do something when he's doing something else. Leave him alone. Yes, they kind of have with like a mission briefing where it's like, OK, Peppy or like Falco <sighs> and Slippy are going to take care of the skies like I'm going to be in the base. But then like pretty quickly, it's like some missions. They It's cool where they have like a meter and if the meter gets too high. Then you have to get in your ship and go help the space battle. Then yeah. there's other times where it's just like you're on the ground and there's no ship whatsoever, but people are still just like, oh, there's someone behind me. And it's like, well, the sniper rifle can take out ships like better than like the R-Wing. So I don't know. <laughs> but they could ask Falco, help me out. Slippy, help me out. Like, God, they they suck. I mean, how many times do you have to help them in a fight? Yeah, you're like on the wing of a ship shooting people with like a gun and people are still like, oh, man. And like some someone's like. On my tail, like, welcome, you're not helping me. It's like, because I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> and I, I do actually like the story of this. Like, you have the, God, I forgot their names again. The the Aphroids? Aphroids. Aphroids are, atta- are attacking. Like, you're fighting them because they're, like, taking over other species. And you're fighting them. And it, it's very interesting to kind of, like, the way it does it. I mean, yes, it is the Borg, but that you don't even know that at first. Like, when you, you first see them and you fight a giant moth, and you fight a giant, like, jellyfish-looking thing, and then, like, I I liked how it does that, where Pigma shows up and steals the, the core memory just because he wants to sell it for a lot of money, which ends up killing him, essentially, because <laughs> it infects him. Yeah, that's interesting, for sure, in the, at the time. I mean, I still, like, I mean, the board would have been, well, not that new, because what, Next Generation comes out, and um, both Beth World would have been, like, in the 90, early 90s, but... 
it's just I really liked all the board references. I like the fact that you're fighting an enemy that is essentially just trying to take over all life. Like they even say they don't say resistance is futile because they can't. But they say resistance is something. I don't remember like useless or, mm-hmm. but they say something very close to those lines. And I was like, ah, I appreciate that. I know, like I want to talk more about the on foot, like just the way that the the shooting I thought was fine. I mean, I thought Fox runs around just fine. The controls he are moves fine. so can... fast. Yeah, I was okay with that. I, I, I don't. I, know. It's it like fast. it's like more rigid Mega Man Legends style. <laughs> okay, I never realized. I, I'm I'm a big defender of the GameCube controller. Like I just love I love that thing. I love playing with it. But in this game, like just do the twin stick because I changed the controls pretty fast. So it was essentially play like a standard third person shooter. Yes. Same. And my hand was killing me just like manipulating with that small yellow C stick and then constantly just like judging your pistol or some other gun with the GameCube triggers. Like I when I stopped playing, I was like, I just can't do anything for a while. Like I just have to go watch TV or something like I left the controls in default. And I, I played on a game controller also. I emulated, but I played on the game controller. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any issues with the regular controls. I, mean, I can That's see nice it, them but to I, at least you know, put in the standard third-person shooter version. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, I also I don't mind. I like the game controller too. Like, I think it's a fine controller. It just looks yeah. weird, but it's a fine controller. I really like for this to come out on like Switch or any modern console and just play with like the Switch Pro controller would be so great. But I don't understand why this game has never been re-released again since game. It didn't. It didn't do particularly well. I don't think, even though. Because when I bought it, um, it was in the summer because I rent I friend had it and then I think I rented it. And then it was the summer of 2006. So it was right before the Wii was going to come out. And I went to Toys R Us and they had GameCube games where you can get greatest hits titles, buy one, get one free. So this is a oh. different era of Nintendo than what we are in now. Yes. So like I got this for like twenty nine dollars and a thousand year door for free. But the thing so is, I, like. I think Sorry. the threshold for greatest hits titles was less back then. So it wasn't like a yeah. million. It was probably like 400,000 or something. But I have I have a version that's not the greatest hits version, but it, it says bestseller on it. Yeah, that was their greatest hit. No, but there was also the like the player's choice greatest hits version as well. Yeah, there was like a gold band at the top. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you are right. Because I'm looking at one right next to me. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I don't know. So <laughs> I would I would assume Assault sold well enough to do what they needed to do to get it to that level. I mean, it is Star Fox, too, and there weren't that many GameCube games that were out at that time that because my friend was a big GameCube defendant. I mean, he and he had this. I think he had this. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, I remember there not being a lot of titles. Like I remember him talking about that. Like it just didn't have it didn't have like the way PS2 and Xbox was, especially PS2. It didn't have that type of catalog. But like imagine a duology that's just adventures and this game kind of built together to be like a really all-encompassing thing of like you want adventures and on foot stuff you got that and you got this game with all this other stuff and like expanded multiplayer it'd be a good time or just re-release them just the way they are even without multiplayer and put them on the switch like in a little yeah, two-pack or something it's not nintendo's and, mo they don't they no, make money and then they complain about how people emulate their games when they don't give people easy access to them <laughs> yeah. it's only okay when they do it yeah <laughs> like that's why i didn't buy that mario pack on on switch that came out for all three mario games because it was just bad emulation i'd heard of those games and i'm like eh, i don't care enough 
And it was limited. When you make it, it made me angry it was limited, but that's Nintendo for you. Yeah, it was weird because like the Mario 3D All-Stars was limited digitally and people were buying them thinking they could flip them. But like, it's pretty easy to find the carts in the wild. Yeah, they made a lot of them. It was, you know, it was limited, but there were millions of them. I I just didn't like the idea of making anything limited. It it upset me with Nintendo. It's a more. I just don't like that idea. No, another thing about this game that I thought was interesting is that you have. You know, you have Peppy being old, as we mentioned before, and he's, you know, in the in the in the Great Fox telling you kind of what's all going on and giving you the mission orders. I, I did like that. And I, I want to talk about one um, one of the other missions, the one where the first mission you have where you have the tank you start off as when you're trying to, I think it's secure some kind of weather station. But as the mission progresses, at some point you get surrounded or you go inside a place and then you end up on Falco's wing. And I thought it was an on rail section. And again, which is very much of the time with third person shooters turret segments. I liked it. I like the turret segments in this. Like, I mean, I didn't understand how he stays in the wing or why all of a sudden he has a, has a giant unlimited plasma can that he didn't have five minutes ago, but Hey, that's okay. It was fun. Yeah. And they're not overly challenging either. Like I no. like, I think there's one later on. Yeah. Cause you're on, I think it's Corneria because like the, yes, the kind is. of everything in this game is destroy hatchers, destroy something. It's like mm-hmm. eliminate the red dots from the radar. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much like every mission. Um, well, it's all be- and you're on the Star Wolf wing and like my combo was like 200 or something. Like I just wasn't missing anything. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I thought that was harder, at least, than the first version of it. Yeah, it, it gets harder as the game. For, I mean, most of this game isn't that hard until near the end when it gets very tough. Yeah. But those are, I mean, I just enjoyed it. Like, I was surprised. I'm not big into on-rail segments in general that much, but this was fun. Like, this was just, I mean, it wasn't too challenging. You just were shooting things, and you had if you shoot Falco's ship, it doesn't hurt his ship. At least not visible, but he gets all mad at you. Mm-hmm. That was funny. And like you were saying, like the fact that like what you're fighting all the time are hatchers, again, reminds me a lot of the Borg. I mean, the Borg don't hatch, but the idea that they are as a never ending supply of enemies or keep being produced. And like, as you see throughout this game, you see them take over your own team. I mean, and in your own in your opponents, like I, I love that. Like you you spend a good amount of time chasing after Pigma in this game, only to find out that after you do fight Pigma, you end up finding out that he got succumbed to the Aphroids and he becomes one of them. I just, I just feel like the missions also just have a lot of weight to them. Like, there's a lot of white knuckle encounters. Like, the, I mean, this is like way later on in the game where you're in like the asteroid belt and like the missiles are coming and you just have to like fly mm-hmm. there and you're like frantically trying to get them. And like, there's a lot of like, I guess, to use a cliche term, like pulse pounding missions where like everything is like, it's, it's not stressful well until like the last two missions but it's like you're constantly engaged by like everything that's going on and like the music is like i don't know if it's full orchestra but it's really like fitting with like the action that you're doing it's stressful you don't feel overwhelmed by it i mean i never played on gold either i'm assuming that's absolutely brutal because i was playing on silver (laughs) and at the end like i was like i don't know how i'm finishing this I still have to do two levels on silver. Like, I have to get the silver uh, achievement. I played on bronze. I didn't even want to fuck with the harder difficulties. Because if you do all silver levels, uh, you get the silver medal for all of them. You, you unlock Xevious. From Metroid? No, the original arcade game Xevious. Yeah, the name. Oh, sure. okay. Never mind. I thought you said Zeebs or that's what came out. Oh, now you're talking about now. Okay. Fair. That's interesting. 
I, I want to play that. I want to see what that's like on GameCube. But two more levels I have to beat on silver and get the silver medal. And you're playing this on a legit GameCube, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's harder. <laughs> like, it was hard enough just beating those last couple levels on my, on, on its own. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm bra- I mean, because the game is difficulty set up in bronze, silver, and gold. And it... I mean, most of the game was not hard for me at all on bronze. Like, I mean, I had save states, of course, but I didn't really need them. Like, it wasn't an issue until you get near the end of this game. So I wanted to ask, so you played on bronze. So, like, this game has a live system where, like, if you die, you come back. Because something that I found annoying, like, because in Mission 9, which is the second to last mission, you're kind of in this, like, aerial base. And it's kind of a nightmare to navigate. Because you have to destroy, like, the hatchers. But in order to destroy the hatchers, you first have to destroy the shields surrounding the hatchers. And if you, as you can also fall off, and if you fall off, you die. And I had a problem where, like, you have to destroy, like, six, I think, on silver. And, like, I would destroy two or three, and then I would just be piling in the tank, and then I just slightly drift off the side. And when you die, you respawn, but it just puts everything back to six so is that what it's like on bronze too because i thought the live system was kind of pointless like that i i can't tell you because i just reload save states okay <laughs> so i i think it lets you keep the ones that you destroyed though i think because i i think i died once because i think that's how it should be is it's like what's the point of reusing a live if you're just going to essentially put me back to the start so it's i just not a game over mission. Because yeah. then there's there's lives and there's game over. That's that's the two things. But if it doesn't Either. let you keep your progress on a level, then the only difference is that you... I just restart don't. missions. That's what I started doing. I was like, what's the point of using a life if I'm going to... Mike, like- Blair, you're not understanding. <laughs> there's lives in which you start over, and then there's game over in which you start over. <laughs> the lives take maybe 10 seconds off of the time it takes to start over from game over. So if you want to save 10 seconds, you use the lives. <laughs> Makes sense. It's still stupid as hell. But again, it's that era. Like, as a guy who's this played is, a lot of games. This is the era where it's like, maybe life systems don't actually matter. Life systems shouldn't. I'm glad that they're mostly are gone now in games. But this is 2004 where they were still, like, struggling to get away from that. Like, imagine playing Celeste. Celeste, you don't have lives, correct? If I'm, if I'm, I never played Celeste. Well, but it's like. It's an it's a Nintendo thing because like like I have Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is maybe one of the greatest games ever created, and that has lives, but you're constantly at ninety nine, so it doesn't matter. But it's mm-hmm. but it's like a Nintendo thing because like in when they did Rayman Origins or Rayman Legends, and you just get the checkpoints. But in Mario Odyssey and Galaxy, you still have lives, but you always have like a hundred or no, like fifty or sixty, so it doesn't really matter. In Galaxy, you have lives. In Mario Odyssey, it's just coins. You're using oh, right. like 10 coins to revive. Right, right. But it's still pointless. But you go to like Kirby's Epic Yarn, for example, that has no lives, I believe. Right. That's just Kirby. Well, also, Kirby is not always made by Nintendo in-house, though, is it anymore? I mean, the new one was. Yeah, okay. it's all like HAL Laboratories. Like, yeah. They own the Kirby... Oh, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't think Hal is technically owned by them, but they work with them anyway. Yeah, they're one of their close companies, but they're not actually Nintendo itself. It's like how the Pokemon company is not technically part of Nintendo, but they, again... Only really publish on Nintendo. Or, like, they just bought that company, SPD, and SPD's been working with Nintendo exclusively since, like, the 70s. They were basically... They were in the same building, I think, is how the story goes, so they were part of Nintendo. It was was just that. (laughs) 
Oh, I want to talk about the oh resistance is useless. That's the phrase. I want to talk about Pigma. When you run into Pigma, when you fight him the second time, he he's like a giant like space station looking thingy. Or when you do fight him, and he's all like like his little portrait is him, and he looks like he's all infected with like the Borg essentially. And I, I really liked it. Like it really amused me how you're and he's like resistance is useless, and I'm just like yeah because you can't say futile because copyright. And I really like it. It really made me happy to do this fight. And I mean, I don't know much. Of, I'm not into the Star Fox history. Like I, it wasn't until I was watching videos after I beat this game that I re- remembered that Pigma was the one that betrayed Fox to Andros, and he was part of the team. And mm-hmm. I forgot I mean, all about that. There's not much because it's essentially just like this is like essentially the Star Fox canon in air quotes is like <laughs> 64. Star Fox Adventures, which I mean, has nothing happened, but it doesn't really have any bearing other than you get Crystal and Tricky uh, and them exist as well. Yeah, Tricky shows up in this game, which I, I really love that mission to the callback and then Star Fox Command and that's it. And then Star Fox Zero is like the third or the second remake of Star Fox One. Yeah. Wait, Star Fox Zero is a remake of one again. I think I haven't played it because I don't know. I've not played it. I played it and I liked it, but then the controls became too hard for me because the controls are terrible, by the way, if you ever play it. Yeah, that's what I don't because I remember reading like all these articles where they would show it to the public and everyone would be like, can you just put in regular controls? And Miyamoto is like, no, 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 you just have to get used to them. And everyone was like, no, I, I get you me Mario and Zelda and Donkey Kong, but these are bad controls. And then he well, just wouldn't listen. Yeah, so that's they were the betting problem. on... They were betting on, oh, it's the Wii thing again. You just got to use the controls. It'll be fine. If you, well, Star Fox Zero, you have to use the, you have to look at the TV and you have to look at the Wiimote is what I vaguely remember. And the it's tablet, very yeah. uncomfortable and it, it's very challenging to put, to, to play. And I haven't played it in a long time. And, and I it's really sad it. too, because like Platinum, like I know Hideki Kamiya, like really loves Star Fox and he really wanted to make a Star Fox game. Mm. And then they got the opportunity and it was saddled with like the Wii U baggage, which like I really wish they just I don't think it's sold well enough for them to like put in the effort to port it to switch with regular controls. But I really wish they would because I want to play it, but I don't want to break out the Wii U and pay like it's still like $50 on like the secondary market. And that's way too much for a curiosity. I got it for like 10 bucks on clearance at Target or something. I got really lucky and I got like a yeah. big pack too That's with a Star Fox card. And the only thing is that the Switch probably has a couple of years left in it still. So there's still time. Yeah, there's Nintendo. Oh, I, I want to talk about the, the, I, I really get, like, there's one level where you find out that Crystal's like, I can sense because apparently she's telepath, em, empathic or telepathic. She's sure. A Jedi. And she can sense that Saria is in trouble and you have to go back to Saria. And, I mean, that's the one reason why we played this game, because when we played Star Fox Adventure, you guys have made a comment about how there's a level in Star Fox Assault that is a throwback to Adventures, which mm-hmm. was this level, obviously. And it was really amusing to me to walk around. I mean, it's not the same layout, of course, as what it is. You're, you're in the same general area that you were in Adventure, but it's different because it had to be. But it was cool to me to see, like, oh, there's that castle that you would go into that should lead to the merchant that doesn't. But I really got a kick out of that. Can I just interrupt real quick? Sure. I just I just read something that's really stupid. <laughs> so Hal Laboratory. Do you know why it's called Hal? I forget. H A L is all one letter off from IBM. Okay, I did know that at one time. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You think it'd be a Space Odyssey reference, but it's just 
and then Sorry. like no, it's just it's just a cool level going being in in Saria, and then you see Tricky at the end of the level, and Tricky wants to come with you, and he's all grown up, which was, and then he makes some kind of comment about when Crystal and Fox are going to get married or something. I think. Yeah, really trying to sell that romance. I was totally all in. I was like, yeah. oh, I love the will they won't they? Like I that like I'm a sucker for serialized fiction, and, and I. Like, this is, I guess, Metroid, but, like, it doesn't... Metroid's kind of all over the place, and Starbucks is... Like, I like looking forward to a new entry in the series to see where, like, the story is going, which is another reason why I steered away from Zero. And, like, I just like how the Starbucks team is in such a good place again, and then, like, like in Command, like, Crystal's with Starwolf. What? Uh, yeah, I, I think... And then Now you made me want to play it, though. Well, you guys, because the Panther was hitting on her, so she probably won for it, I guess. Oh god, well, that was hilarious. she was like shooting him down hard. It's just like I'm gonna hang out with Fox, and I was like, yeah. That was that's another really cool level when you have to you have to go you go to Corneria and you have to defend your old your your home planet. I think it's your home planet, and you you lose control you lose contact with Pepper or not Pepper is it General, yeah, General Pepper? You lose contact with him, and I, I this was a good mission where you start off on foot and you have to take out radar generators which are giant eyeballs look like they're from as one YouTube had pointed out, which is right. Look like the eyes from Shadow of the Hedgehog. Oh God. They did. I was like, I didn't see it until he posted the video. I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I agree with you, sir. I do. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> uh, we're playing that game on the show later the next season, because I'm need to finally play that game that I paid 50 bucks for years ago. Not but, it. Wait, 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 is it on the schedule yet? Or are you going to do yeah. it in like when, Sometime next season, I'll I'll talk to you after the show and I can show you. If it's like August or September, I I am down to complain about that game. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to to find play, but it's just and it was just a, it's just a really good level. Like you you do that, and then after that, you're on Wolf's wing, and Wolf is helping you, even though you fight you fight Team Wolf earlier in this game in one mission when you're hunting Pigma. But now Wolf, Leon, and Panther, who's the new part of Wolf Squad, are helping you because they realize that if they don't stop the Afro, the Borg, that they're going to destroy everything. So they kind of join you for this mission. And it, it's a, mm-hmm. it was really cool to kind of and you ride on his wing. And I really liked it. Well, I mean, like Wolf is essentially like, I want to kill you. So if these things kill you first, then I won't get to do that. Like, I really like the frenemy kind of development there that was going on with the Star Wolf team. I mean, it is really it's good in this game. And like you were saying, like Panther is hitting on Crystal a whole bunch, which is hilarious too to me. Yeah. And even like Fox is very much like, yeah, like thank you, Wolf, and is very non-antagonistic. And that's why I would have loved to see some threads. Maybe Star Wolf becomes like the Star Fox B team or something, and they kind of franchise out the operation or something. I don't know. And then like Command just kind of throws all of this out, which frustrates me. Well, Star Fox is one of those series that does. It seems like it can never really get away from what it is. It yeah, can't continue because now that you know, I mean, the farthest the series ever. Now you tell me a zero is, a, is another reboot. I mean, as far as it ever goes, it's four games because it just. It, I mean, and the series has more than four games, but it just can't get anywhere because they keep re, they keep redoing it. And and it has a real big identity crisis where I guess it's it's kind of interesting where it's like the core tenant is I guess action. But each game is different. I mean, but so each game you play, it's like different. So that's like refreshing. But also it means it doesn't have its identity. Like my Star Fox 64 is so good because it's like well crafted on rails missions. And every now and then you like the tank or the all range mode missions. 
Yeah. But then this is just like like my roommate, like I was playing this in the living room of my apartment and my roommate walked out and she looked at it and said, like, if you weren't controlling a cartoon fox, I would have no idea this is a Star Fox game that you're playing. <laughs> she was like, nothing about this reads as Star Fox. But that's because we're all different because like I think me Moto likes using this series. Like he likes making them different, but like like everyone just wants and myself included like just make something like star fox 64 no again like just make a a newer game in that style with well-crafted like missions maybe make it like a downloadable title don't make it like a full hundred dollar game just let it be like the missions with the branching paths and things like that like maybe a couple of missions on foot but like and even like some of the uh, the flight missions in this, when you actually do get in the planes, like they're very well designed on rail missions. But the game almost looks so good that the screen real estate is almost too busy, and it makes it really hard to know what's a target and I, what to avoid. I think Nintendo understood the problem that they had, and that Star Fox is cool, but rail shooters are a notoriously limited genre. You can do them well, but like to rely on that as your entire thing is very, very difficult. And so expanding into Star Fox 2 by giving it other other vehicles was like the start. And I and I have always thought 64 is like boring and not anywhere where I would want that series to go again because it's just like it, you do it a couple hours, there's branching paths, whatever. And then it's like, okay, Adventures is an attempt to like let's do something new. Let's let's really change things up. And this is like the sweet spot that I kind of want them to go back to where it's like you get the R wing, you get on foot, you get Landmaster. I, I wouldn't mind more of the style with maybe branching. Like at first I thought this game might have branching missions. But I didn't look into anything like because throughout the levels, you'll have somebody in danger like Falco or Slippy or Crystal. And I would purposely try to save them every time. Because I'm like, well, maybe something will be different if I save right. them. And then find out that all it is, they're out of that mission and they're back in the next mission. If you speedrun this game, you're actually supposed to let them die because it's faster because there's less dialogue and nothing changes. <laughs> and that kind of like, I was like, okay. And, and the last thing I want to say about the Corn- Corneria mission is that you have to fight General Pepper. Because General Pepper got absorbed by the Borg. I'm just going to keep calling him that now. And you have to fight You have to fight him and in a in a giant mech. And why he's in a mech, I don't know. Why you're on the side of the... Of Wolf's ship. And it's, a, it's a good it's a good fight. And then this is when you are starting to kind of get into the idea that you have to infect the the queen of the Ephroids or the Borg to stop them, which, again, Borg reference queen. And I that was cool. And then you have an all range mission. But I, I don't I think the one with the missiles where they're trying where you're trying to you're at, you're at a space station and you're trying to make the the virus that you're going to affect them with. And then they're all attacking you at the time. They're sending like giant missiles at you to destroy destroy you yeah it's when it, it's with the coordinary mission where you kind of see that like like you're not safe i guess even though like you can lose team members like general pepper is like this constant throughout like the series like he's in 64 he kind of sends you to saria and starbucks adventures and but now it's just like oh we might have to kill our friends and wolf is just like you can't hesitate like they're using that relationship against you. Hell yeah. Which is cool. And again, it was a very Borg thing because like you look at with Star Trek Next Generation with the Borg where they take over Captain Picard because they use someone who knows the enemy better. So it makes sense that you're going to take over their general because he would know their defenses better. You know, I mean, that, that that concept isn't used in this, but that's what it made me think of. I don't know. It just <laughs> again, I 
I like Star Trek a lot. So references to Star Trek made me, especially after what I just finished watching Next Gen because Netflix took it away from me. It made me very happy. <laughs> so and to play this when I had no, I knew nothing about this game going in other than it existed. And yeah. the missile thing is kind of cool. Where you have like a, you, I mean, you don't, you don't have it. You don't see a time limit, but you have a time limit where these missiles, yes. if these targets hit, hit your station, it's game over. If so you have to sit here and, t- and you have all these fighters trying to take you out and you're just shooting missile after missile. And I think that's really cool. cool. Like I love kind of those in environment timers where it's not a literal time ticking down. It's just like the obvious, like if the missile hits the base, you're done. I yeah, just it's all like Sector Z and Star Fox 64. My, my oh. big problem with like the, the fly missions is that like I really like them and I just wish there was more. So I think like the ratio could just be tuned like a little bit more towards the plane because like you're out of it so often that when I would get back into the cockpit, I would forget the buttons. Like I forget how to like turn around and how to use brake and boost because I'm just like, oh, it's been so long. And I had another point, but I just forgot what it was. <laughs> OK, and then just, like, it was just a good level. And and like you get a giant missile at the end of this level that's coming at you. You have to break in different parts, which was yeah. pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I don't know, it was just was a fun. Stressful. Yeah, but it was fun. Like, I, I, I really liked this. Yeah, I really I think, enjoyed the free range running around the R wing and not having to be on foot. Yeah, this is definitely, I think, the 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 right balance that I want them to pursue if they ever do another one of these. They won't. But yes, <laughs> they will eventually. They always come back. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. It just finally hit me. Uh, in Star Fox sixty four, I guess it makes it a little bit easier because once you get like the hyper laser upgrade. You keep it, and then in this, the flying missions, like you always start with your crappy single laser, and it's like really hard sometimes to get up to the like even twin level, like especially in the like the last missions. Like if you die, like you start off with like just your single laser, and you're just like frantically hitting A to like destroy everything, which kind of wrecked my thumb at some points. It, it's weak. I mean that that's the main punishment for dying. I mean that in the lives is that you you know lose your cannons. Yeah, yeah, and the, like this is makes it hard to get the the silver and I'm sure the gold medals as well is like that level in particular is so time limited. You have to really just shoot everything possible to get those points. I want to talk about it. mission nine, which is when after you you get the, you get the virus made after you defend the station, and you have to go to the Aperoid homeworld. And the first level that you do on your way there is you're on you're on foot for this mission, or at least for part of it. We have to destroy different generators. This mission is really hard. I mean, I, I had a, this level. <laughs> yeah, plus it's, it's confusing. A, like your radar doesn't. It tries to show you what floor something is on, but it was very difficult for me to realize what was going on sometimes. And it's just, it's very, very challenging. And you're running around trying to destroy these different gener shield generators. And you have to destroy the whatever the hell you're destroying. Yeah. Spawners, so you have to I destroy guess. the hatchers, but before yes. you destroy the hatchers, you have to destroy the shield generators and they do drop a tank for you, but the way the map is designed is that there's clear choke points where the tank can't get through. So then you have to go on foot, and there's like a lot of stuff surrounding you, and it's really hard to kill. And I constantly found myself like, because I was trying to save like my, because you have like a sniper rifle in this, and it's probably stronger than the weapons on your plane or tank. <laughs> you can one hit kill a lot of things provided you're like in zoom mode. Yeah. So I was trying to save that. And then you have like a machine gun, but then like the machine gun doesn't work on certain enemies. So then you would have to use like your 
rockets or your sniper rifle. So like you're trying to like spare ammunition and then you're like surrounded and then like you have to go through like these like six different parts and then like the map is really confusing. And again, you can like fall off too if you're like not careful with the tank and yeah. you're just like strafing and just fall off. Instant and then death. once you get to like the the things where the hatchers are, there's sometimes there's like three or four levels and then like visible walls that go up where it's like you can't progress until you kill everything. It's a very challenging level. It took me a, a, a little bit to get through it, like over 10 minutes, I think, of running around just to figure mm-hmm. out what the hell, trying to find everything. Like they're not easy to find. And then after you destroy the ones on the base, you have to then get in your R wing and fly underneath and destroy some more. Yeah. And conceptually, it sounds really cool. Like it's kind of like pushing the whole on foot stuff to the limit of like, you really got to get in these bases and kill all these things. And oh, they have special shields, but it's not directed very well. It's just kind of like you got to just go find it. And then there they are. And then they're just in random places. It kind of takes off, off the choice. It's like a lot of missions, like in Saria, for example. There's some instances where you have to go into like some of the structures and you have to do it on foot, but you can also do a lot of it in the tank if you wish. Yeah. And this one is just like, well, you can use the tank as kind of like a taxi to get from one point to the other. But even like certain points, it's like you have to get out of the tank and like just like run up these long ramps. And before you even get into the areas where you need to go, there's like like I guess like shellfish or something enemies like with giant like shells on their back. <laughs> and I think what's good about the Saria level is that it has that um thing of like you were saying earlier, if the meter fills up too much, then Fox has to go help them. And then you, you can really punch that meter down to like having it be nothing. And then it's like, okay, I can just return and do the level pretty much and not have to worry about it. But if I have to go back up there, I can. There's a lot of choice, a lot of like, I don't know, it it feels more like a realization of what those systems are supposed to do. It also feels more realistic in the way that that's how a battle I think would be in a way. Like, I I like that too. And plus your team sucks, so you have to help them. But I don't know, I, I got a kick out of that too. It does it, I think, twice in this game. The fact that There's they are the timer where you're all on foot, where if you take too long, the timer will fill up and you lose. Has that happened to me once? Yeah. The fact that they are the Starvox team, but they suck. This is definitely a, a choice. I mean, and also like, everything with them getting like, because in every almost every mission, somebody's in danger. That's all scripted. That happens no matter what you do. And I, I thought maybe it would be more random, but it's not. It's completely scripted. They're always in trouble. That's kind of how it always, like, in Star Fox 64, like, the first level, it's just, like, one of the branching paths is, like, saving Falco at this one time. I wish they were, yeah, I kind of wish, like you were saying, either they went to different paths through, through the mission, or they were, like, triggered at, like, you get so many points, and here you go, or you've killed so many things, and now we're going to trigger this to kind of, like, you know, kind of deceive you and make you lose your combo or something. Like, that'd be okay. an interesting way to do that, but this is just all... Does All right, com- it's going to happen blank. Did the combo stuff even mean anything? That's how you get points and how you get you, you oh. can like. Yeah, it, it, okay. uh, it ups your hit score really well if you like combo a ton of things. Yes, I think like you're meant to like really memorize the maps and find out where everything is. So you spend less time like, yes, fumbling about finding where the things are. And you're just like, OK, here's the best route to get through all the six hatchers and here's the enemies i have to kill to keep the meter down such that i don't have to get waste time in the plane yes 
Because again, okay. once you get all these silver medals, which means you have to get a certain amount of hit score, which is like your initial hit score times two plus bonus, and you gotta make sure that initial number is high enough to get there. You get you get Zevius. That's that's all I wanted this one. I wanted to get Zevius. But I guess like that was a tough sell. As we we're talking about kind of like how Star Fox sixty four was on rails, and you had. But at least with that, you have like the different the different paths and the different missions that you can take, like certain routes to kind of optimize your score. Yeah. And like I do enjoy this game, but it's essentially just like there's only ten missions, and, and like like I finished it in two sittings. Yeah. As much as I don't like sixty four, I do think that is like the one really cool thing about it is are those like branching missions and how drastically different things can be for it. Yeah, that Did was one of my issues. Only sorry. ten missions is not enough for a game like this. Well, initially it was like been. a huge multiplayer game, but then, you know, that got changed. Yeah, I forget yeah, about it. This was in development for a while. A number like, of years. Yeah, I remember there being shown like E3 like 2003 and then just it kind of disappeared. And that's the thing. It was like it was there and then it just kind of disappeared and then it just showed up like it didn't really arrive with much fanfare. Yeah, like to think about it, like, OK, Star Fox Dinosaur Planet adventures that was a 64 game that eventually made its way to the gamecube but also by the end of that this was also in development so yeah. like the star fox games just took a while all of a sudden well, yeah, was, star fox 64 was may of or may 97 i think in north america or june and then the next game took five years and then it wasn't it wasn't so much a star fox game as something mm-hmm. that they kind of retrofitted into yeah. like a pre-existing game and then like this and it was like okay now here's like this namco partnered game so it was like a weird trajectory for like this right. series and that's kind of the gamecube in in some ways as a whole is like you know we get kirby air ride and kirby air ride took several years to develop and the kirby game return to dreamland which is also started on the gamecube and took several years to make like that was just kind of suffering across the board maybe it's just the gamecube era too yeah, they had a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, different ideas and trying to do new things. But Sony games seem to kind of like not get the attention or the right direction. Well, it's just a market too, because like the GameCube, like I love that system, but I came to it late, and I'm glad I did because like if you only had that system, you had a lot of good games, but there was also a lot of time <laughs> between them. Yes, I, I was then, that child. Like with PlayStation Two. Like, I remember in, in 2002, because, like, I had a PS2, and that fall was just the type of games that were out, like, didn't really appeal to me. Like, I didn't, I'm not a Grand Theft Auto guy. Vice City was, like, the big thing. But on GameCube, it was, like, Resident Evil Remake, and then Resident Evil Zero, and Metroid Prime, and Mario Sunshine, and, and Star Fox Adventures. And I was like, man, I'm kind of wanting GameCube. But then every year after that, it was, like, third parties started pulling out software. So then they were only putting the stuff on PS2 and Xbox. Yeah. So if you only had a GameCube, you were just like, okay, well, this game has to last a long time. <laughs> and then Resident Evil 5 showed up and was like, this can't... I mean, it did come to PS2, but it's you severely four. crippled, depending, or like, compared to what the GameCube version is. But, like, that was, like, a monumental showpiece. But by then, like, the damage was already done, and it was too late. And, like, they were all supplementing stuff by, like, it's you get Wind Waker, but then you get, like, Four Swords Adventures. <laughs> I have four swords adventure. Then Twilight Princess happens eventually. Who knows when? Yeah, like right when we release the Wii, you get you get Twilight Princess. 
Well, it was after because the Wii version came out in November of 2006 yes. and then GameCube game came out in December. I'm glad they released that version. Me they too. Just not, but they did. I'm happy they did too because that's the version that I played later on. That's it. Yeah. That's a good game. Oh, and then for the last mission of Star Fox Assault, oh, I want to talk about this is the hard. We have to go destroy the apparatus. Yes. Like the whole lead up to it, like you, 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 you go to the base, you do this stuff, you try to, and you can't get in. And then I think it's oh Peppy, who's now the Great Fox is infected, so he crash him, sacrifices himself to crash into the apparatus, open up an opening, so you can then fly into the center where the queen is at. I mean, that's another powerful moment. First, you just lose Pepper, you know, General Pepper. Now you're losing Peppy too. Like you're just losing everybody. Yeah, it's a really cool, like, doubling down on, like, loss and, like, consequences and things. And you know it's not going to really stick, but it's cool in the moment. I thought it might actually stick. I was hoping it would, but it's like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't remember, and I thought it did for a while. But then, like, uh, then I remember, like, oh, yeah, no, I think he's in command. Yeah. I mean, I never played Command. I didn't even... I forgot Command existed until after I beat this game, started watching videos to get me caught up for this episode, and I re- remembered, oh yeah, Command's a thing for DS. Because I, I didn't play much DS games, so I'm that's a library oh, that I'm very missing out on. The oh, DS is really good. Yeah, I'm trying to change that. I think it's the just, DS might be the best library on the, of a Nintendo system. Yeah, if I can emulate it, there. I'm up for it. I can't do handheld. has to be on my PC. That's fair. Like, I... Just, I me like i hope the switch eventually gets there as well like it it can it would just need like the the thing is that the ds and the ps2 you know development costs were so much cheaper back then so they could have just so many more games yeah and it was the install base too as you think about like the ds era like to get off on like a small tangent like <laughs> it's fine you we're had a you had millions of units and then like you had companies like like Rockstar and Bioware, where there's like, we're going to do a Grand Theft Auto. We're going to do like a Sonic RPG. And like, there was a full on Ninja Gaiden game that yeah. you held the DS like a book and it controlled amazingly. Resident like you had any, remake. Yeah, the Resident Evil yeah. Deadly Silence, which is like maybe one of the best versions of that like game. And then next to that, you had stuff like Elite Beat Agents, which is like one of the best pieces of software ever designed by anyone. <laughs> um, where you're just playing like cheerleaders who like fight aliens like it is so so good so you have like quirky stuff like that and it only costs like 29 dollars to buy yeah, like here ace in attorney. canada which means it was cheaper in the states <laughs> then like you get ace attorney you get the nintendo actual games like you get the 64 port you get new super mario brothers there's a, nice a lot of good games i tried time yeah. hunters i guess is a thing too yeah i yeah, have a castlevania that, yeah. game and like X titles and never yeah. yeah, you get a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I definitely am trying to like part of with this show is I'm trying to revisit things that I never got around to and bring attention to it. Like that's always been my hope with the show too is that I'll mention a game that or somebody listens to an episode and like okay I want to play this now and they never even though because sometimes I think you know like a game like Star Fox Assault you're not playing Star Fox Assault for the story like nobody that's not why you're playing this game no. you're playing this game just for the 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 feeling of it. So it's one of those, like, I'm hoping that somebody who listens to this will be like, oh, I'm going to go pick up Star Fox Salt. I mean, whether you pick it up from a different, from a website somewhere, hey, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can't, Nintendo ain't getting your money anyway at this point, so play it however you can. But I do want, like, the last level, they really put in the challenge a lot in this last level. I was surprised how hard the game gets and how quickly you have to react to things closing in on you. Enemies everywhere, you don't get very much health. I mean, you're taking all it's it's very difficult. I had to use safe states for this 
like a lot, and I was it's a pain in the this ass. This is right. this is where I was saying like the game gets like like it looks great, and I think it holds up really well. But this is where things got like a little too busy on screen for this yeah. type of mission because it goes back to on rails, and you have to dodge so much stuff. And it's you're not trained for it. Second decision because you've been out of the ship for so long at that point. And like the last uh, boss, I remember like so you have to fight like the upright queen and you have to destroy like certain things and then then disposes the big weakness. And then like at the end, like I kept dying because like it kind of fires like a funnel at you and I was trying to avoid it, but then realize you had to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you die, you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the fight. Yeah, it was like your twin blaster. And I was just like hitting a to shoot things off. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so tired, but I'm just at the end. <laughs> and like as coming off of like Star Fox Adventures, where the last part of that game was also difficult because that was doing an R wing and fight when you didn't really have R wing experience. That was stupid. I was hoping that this this game would not do the same thing and make it difficult in, as much in the end, but there we were. It was just as tough, if not tougher. Yeah, which was surprising to me. Like it, it because this game has so many on foot segments. You weren't trained for this. You weren't ready for something that gets this challenging. And I didn't like that. Like the the fight, even once you get to the the queen, you have two phases of her. In her first phase, she's in in the center of the room, and you have to like break off her armor. And then you can actually shoot her and then it takes a bit. And she wasn't too bad. The level was harder than actually fighting her. I felt. Yeah. But then the the on range fight. Yeah. Yeah. You have a second form, which I wasn't, I should have known better because it's a Star Fox game and, or, you know, final boss going to have multiple forms. The second form I thought was not too terrible where you just got to like shoot and look like a giant dragon head and then shoot other parts of it and push you and then that's how you kill her. The 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 boss that really gave me the trouble though I think well that boss like the final final boss did but there's also that the one that you have to keep shooting down its armor and like attacking its weak point yes the first form oh that is the first form okay yeah it's it went in a couple weeks but <laughs> you're good same here but that work. yeah like but the, like just kind of figuring out the timing of doing that and just having to constantly fly around and okay time to do another dive of that and you know trying to also kill the other things especially if you die at some point to get your uh, laser built up yeah because you you can find the twin blaster upgrades in the on range fight pretty easily and then when you get to the final boss like you can you have your blasters but like my thing was like i would get to the end and it's like okay this is the final thing like i'm pretty sure there's like they're saying that over the radio and one form she kind of fires a laser then i'm like okay you have the dodge but another thing it's just like like a cone of air or something you have the same yeah. and i kept trying to avoid it and then i would die but they don't put you like at the at that part you have to go all the way back to the start of the fight and you don't get the opportunity to really like build up your weapons. Like if you manage to save your team, which is really annoying too, because you're shooting, like it's easy to fight, but then your team is like, I'm going to help. It's like, no, 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 stay back here. And they constantly get in the way. But if you save them, they give you power ups, but there's so much stuff going on that they're so easy to miss. Like Crystal and people are giving me bombs. And I was like, okay, there's a bomb here, but it will go. Cause I'm just like, there's too much stuff here. And like, I'm throwing, just trying to shoot like the queen to get her power down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and you don't get a lot of bombs in this level either, because the way you get bombs in this game is throughout the levels doing killing certain enemies will spawn bombs is what I found out from watching speedruns. Mm-hmm. 
And that is something that, you know, if you have bombed, you can kill the queen like instantly for the first form. Get the speedrunner. That's what they do. And then there's enough bombs. Just does it. Yeah. Wow. There's three. That's bombs. I think about Star Fox 64 is that you nearly always have 10 bombs <laughs> like you just you're always full up on them. And then I was also annoyed when you find out the queen is a third form that you have to fight, which is like a spiraling little ball that just keeps shooting at you. Mm-hmm. It was annoying. I was like, come on now. Like, I, I don't like because you don't get any health refills either. It's like a three form fight is not fun in a game like this. Yeah. But again, it's 2004. So that, you know, because like now if you have, you know, if you play a game in the three six four and you have a three form fight, you're going to have checkpoints in between the. Forms. Yes. Yeah. Like, example, Cold Cold Heart does that. Uh, the Arkham Origin the DLC. But you have three you have three versions of the fight with freeze and you have checkpoints in between those. So that way you're not having to do everything over and over again, which is something the GameCube era PS2 did not give a shit about. But the 360 era is when it really starts like checkpoint become a thing. The thing about Star Fox 64 is that like, man, they're always throwing out silver rings and gold rings all the time. So like there's lots of opportunities to get like your to get a break. And this is like, no, well, maybe it's different on bronze, but like on silver, I was like some power, please. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, they they really it, when I was trying to do that last level and I was having trouble just finding the uh, the laser upgrades too. just I kept killing the enemies during that armor uh, shooting down first form. And half the time there was nothing. I just had to keep trying. And it was shocking how little they were giving me. I don't know. It was it was something. It's hard. And we should talk about that. Like in when you're going into this final mission, when you're flying into which essentially you think is going to be a suicide mission. Yeah, Mass Effect 2. You have Wolf Squad joins you. So Wolf, Leon and Panther fly in with you and you think they sacrifice themselves to get you through. You Off don't really screen, see them. They don't even really tell you about it. Yeah. And which I thought was odd. Like they just, you know, when you escape, finally, they're just not there. Yeah. You just don't know what happened to them. Everyone's dead. Yeah, Peppy, Wolf's team, you know, General Pepper, <laughs> like, and I think they should have kept that way, because in the very ending of this, you see that Peppy survives and comes back. He flies out of the Ashro- he flies out of the Afroid homeworld with a ship. With, with like, Pe- well, we'll find the others eventually. Isn't Pe- does Pepper survive too? Can't I remember. I don't know if Pepper actually is like has dialogue at that point, but yeah, yeah he definitely survives, so. and he's all beat up looking, which is kind of funny. And Rob survives. He's got to have Rob. It, Rob's Rob the character is, we didn't talk yeah. about, the robot that is there. He's supposed to be Rob from the NES stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Because he's so different looking, you know, it's hard to tell. But yeah, it's a reference to that, I'm pretty sure. And then they they make a comment about, yeah, they, they, I'm watching Indy right now. It doesn't show that if Pe- Pepper survives. I thought he did, no. though, but maybe not. I can't remember, but. It doesn't matter because this the series gets rebooted with Star Fox Zero. So hey, <laughs> again, yeah, I'm kind of upset now. I didn't realize I never followed enough Star Fox. I didn't realize Zero was another reboot of fucking sixty four, the first game. That kind of bugs me. So according to our Wingpedia, <laughs> even after the defeat of the Aproids, Pepper grew progressively ill and was combined to a sick bed and requested that his old friend and comrade Peppy take up his role during the general as general. I mean, I think it was say they requested Star Fox end his life. <laughs> Unplug the cord, Fox. You know you can do it. So we're gonna have to put the old guy to sleep. <laughs> uh, okay. Any last things you want to say about Star Fox Assault before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? It deserves better. It's a perfectly fine Star Fox game that could use more attention and could be a great way to have the series 
uh, sorry, model a series on going forward. Okay. If the series ever goes forward again. I know it will, but someday. You know, I'm surprised we haven't gotten any kind of Star Fox game on the Switch yet. I just don't think that they're big enough sellers. Like, Star Fox 60... Like, you think about the first Star Fox, because, I mean, it just is, like, an Unreal shooter, but, I mean... Like my first experience with that is when they have a competition cart at a department store here called Wolco. And I went down and I saw it and I was like, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. And I mean, when it ever came out, 93, 94, like it was amazing. But now looking at it, it's like, oh, well, it's just shapes. And then Star Fox 64 <laughs> was like right not long after the launch of the N64 and people were starved for software and then it came with the rumble pack. So like that was a big deal. But ever since that mm-hmm. point, like, I don't think that it's like, I think it's sold well enough, but like in from, I, and I hate to say this from like a business perspective, like you're really going to take resources from like a new Zelda or Mario or Kirby, which constantly sell millions to make another star Fox when, like this one probably sold okay. I don't think Command really reviewed well or blew up the charts, and Star Fox Zero was just Star Fox Zero. Well, that's the thing they keep they keep outsourcing it. So no, they're not they're not jeopardizing or sacrificing the budget necessarily. They're going to someone else and giving them a different budget. I mean, still jeopardizing a budget. It's just not jeopardizing your own. Sure, team. you could you could pump more of that money into Breath of the Wild too or whatever, but you got to have other games to play. <laughs> Yeah, Hosting Breath of the Wild takes like six years now, I think it is, to come out. Yeah. Which I don't even care because I didn't play Breath of the Wild and I I have never have yet, so I don't care. But <laughs> let's look at the okay, let's let's do something real quick here. I wanna I'm curious about the player's choice. Okay. What is like what is what counts as player's choice? I wonder I if they'll tell. In the PS2 era, I think it was four hundred K. Like it wasn't a million. I know like stuff like Maximo, for example, like Maximo Ghost of Glory was a greatest hits title, but I don't think that was a million seller. Okay, okay. So for the Super Nintendo and Game Boy, it was a million copies. However, the GameCube, 250,000. Huh, okay. I miss when games could sell 250,000 copies and still be considered successful. Me So we know that Assault at least sold that much, and so did Adventures for that matter. Yeah, that was like that was like a big deal, too, is that was like so GameCube came out, what, 2001? So what was I guess that was a big fall. I think that was the first one. I think like Star Fox Adventures then Sunshine, then Prime. But up to that point, like people were probably pretty star for software because like you didn't have I think the big GameCube games were like Resident Evil and Eternal Darkness. (laughs) And like I hate Eternal Darkness uh, a lot. Um, but I love Resident Evil Remake, but I mean, those aren't for everyone. No. And you, yeah, you didn't have a whole lot. Like, cause when GameCube started, you have Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin, Melee, and then that was it for a while. Like, those are the big titles for a while. Like Sonic Adventure 2, I think, was. Yeah. I mean, for if you start for a, a software, like, you're going to buy it, but like, it's not. It's Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> hey, I love Sonic. It's a great well, game. I did love Sonic Adventure 2, then I replayed it, then I realized, oh no. So it's a great game. Two? It's a really really great B movie game. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. All right. We're gonna go to questions, comments, or memories. I actually got a lot more than I expected for this game. Like there were a lot of people that had good things to say about this game. So first from the wow. official laser okay. time community from Andrew Harbour. I'm a fan, but I've also been called a Star Fox apologist, as I kind of love every entry in the series. Anywho, 
The graphics are phenomenal in this, and by God, if that soundtrack doesn't pump you up, I don't know what will. Are the ground missions kind of lame? Sure. But the sum of all the parts delivers a pretty great Star Fox experience. Okay. I, I didn't listen to the soundtrack because I played this without sound most of the time. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I had sound, but not, not the whole time. And from Vincent Goodwin, friend of the show, uh, can a spinoff poison the main franchise for you? Because I wasn't a fan of Star Fox Adventures, so I didn't bother with Assault. I mean, I don't that's think possible, so. sure. I mean, I, I can I yeah. can see it for some people. I mean, not for me exactly, because I just, I don't know. I mean, I like Star Fox Adventure too, so it's a hard, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think, uh, you can't really, it's hard. I mean, I play a lot of different games in different franchises. I don't mind games that are different in a franchise, usually. Okay. It won't stop me, so. Okay, and from Andrew Giebel, it's the second best Star Fox game. The on-foot stuff isn't bad, but it's, it's not really good either. The R-Wings take up too much of the screen, too. Yeah, I didn't see to have that problem, but I can I can see it. Uh, from yeah, Matthew the Grave, uh, this is my first Star Fox game. I remember playing it in a demo kiosk and really liking it, and then eventually getting it as either a Christmas or birthday gift. My memories are all positive, but it's been so long that I'm curious how I feel if I went back to it today. You might like it. Yeah, I mean, when I when I rented it as a kid, the only memories I had of it now are like, oh, yeah, I could do on foot stuff. And this was cool. I don't know why I didn't play it more. <laughs> and then from John Harrington, after the Star Fox Adventures fiasco, I wasn't ready to jet back into action. Or I, I was ready to jet back into action with Assault, but unfortunately I lost a key component of what made Star Fox games great. Sacrificing the arcade branching path, depending on secrets and success, score attack mode in favor of a story-driven game was a huge misstep. The added Landmaster and on-foot mission segments were fun, but should have been less frequent. As much as I wanted to like Assault, I never felt the desire to beat it a second time, which is a shame given how great Star Fox NES was and how infinitely replayable 64 is. Okay. Yeah, I oh, here's, here's one that kind of affected why I never played it, from J. Alberto Pinero. Me and my friends loved Star Fox Adventures, but noticed it was panned online in magazines back then. We understood Assault as a reaction to that, but felt more like a sequel to Star Fox 64. We enjoyed it, but didn't feel like something new. I thought he was going to say that the reviews weren't good, so he didn't, he didn't play it right away, which is why I never played it. <laughs> but. I think they were mixed. Like, I remember EGM was like, that was my that was my go-to for reviews. And I think it was like, I think there might have been an 8, and then it was a like 2 eights and a 6, or an 8 and a 7 and a 6. And I get it, as I remember one was like, I just wish that they would put him in a plane and lock him in and throw away the key, which I get to a point. But like, I just wish that the ratio was more tuned to like the on foot and tank should have been like maybe 30 percent with more towards the flying. And I think yeah. people would have warmed up to it a little bit more or maybe like 60, 40. I mean, this is a generation of people complaining about the cell shading in Wind Waker. <laughs> people still do yes <laughs> like i i feel like you know fans can be so entitled sometimes because they're so locked into their rigid definition of what a star fox game is it's like come on do you really want to play more just 64 over and over again well considering they remade it three times yes well i think <laughs> that's all they because that's all they can figure out what to do with it not like i mean not that like, because I think of like, say, like Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon Orda, where it's just like, here's more of this. And, and I think like that's a thing there. is like, if they just would have maybe like done another solid one like that again, like I think there's still room for that style. Like I think that's what people are getting. Like I'm okay with like the changing up of this the style of here's on foot and the tank, but like you know maybe before you like experiment kind of like resident evil 7 for example like resident evil 7 was okay we're we've kind of gotten away from the point so let's just go back and make this small haunted house game like i think nintendo just needs to go back to the drawing board and make like 
okay, we're going to make like a solid just on rails shooter, maybe with like a few different things here and there. And then once the series is back on track, then we can go like experiment again. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That probably might be good. And from the, I watched the entire Overblood super replay group. Uh, first one I got from Antone trailer. Awesome. Soundtrack on foot stages were awful. <laughs> I don't agree, but okay. Uh, from I Josh see. Carmel. Love this game better than adventures. Uh, Matt. Yeah. P- <laughs> I, I think I liked adventures more from Matt Pinkleton underrated gem. And from Bernard Anderson, this game and adventures are my two favorite Star Fox games. Okay. Yeah. And then from the other, the only other group that I got some Nintendo GameCube enthusiasts. I got a few uh, from Neil James. I skipped over it as a teenager, despite loving Lilat Wars because they apparently were in Europe and tried it for the first time recently. It's all right, but I really didn't like the second mission where you're on foot a lot in the enemy base. Okay. From Jorge Salazar, the most impressive thing about Assault is definitely the music. Since you start in the main menu, is the mix of ideas from Star Fox 2 for SNES and 64. Namco did a good try for being an outside of the series, but not outstanding at 64. Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but I can, I can, I can see that. From Mario Diaz, the flying missions are good. The Arwen and grounded parts aren't bad. They're decent. The multiplayer is fun. The OST is amazing. We haven't talked about the multiplayer because I'm assuming none of us played it anytime recently. Or ever. Not really, no. I don't have friends to do multiplayer with. Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't play multiplayer games in general. And but the thing that I do want to mention about it, is I was looking up. That's what most of the unlockables are. are you yes. like one of the things you're supposed to do in this game to unlock a lot of different. You have to do a hundred. You have to do 260 matches to unlock everything in multiplayer. Wow. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, this was supposed to be Star Fox Armada. This was supposed to be multiplayer focused. Yeah, like you do, like, example, like the lowest one, you do five matches and you unlock a missile launcher in multiplayer mode. And then you do 10 matches, missile launcher only mode and 15 Peppy Hair is playable and you just get different things like 150 gets you Wolfen as a playable character. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, like the, re- the reason to get all those, like throughout the mission, you see things called S flags. I didn't know what they do. Apparently you get all the S flags, you unlock Demon Sniper in versus mode. Demon Sniper? No idea what that is, but that's what it says in here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a cooler sniper rifle. And then you, it's just, it's just interesting. And then I guess to unlock Wolf O'Donnell for versus mode, you have to beat all ten missions and let let any of the Star Fox team members die during the missions. That seems possible, but it's just, it's just interesting how they have a lot of different stuff. I mean, I didn't play the multiplayer; I never will. But I'm assuming it was just you know on foot or R wing levels, stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a lot like 64, where it's just like you can kind of do all three. <laughs> yeah. And from Jason Schaefer, great multiplayer. Wish they'd remake it with online. The regular story mode wasn't that bad either. Just some adjustments with gameplay. And let's see. From Ricky Raymond, both of the GameCube Star Fox games need a remaster slash remake on the Switch. Yes. I completely agree. I mean, I know we touched on a little bit earlier. Like, this would just be so cool just to, I mean, just port them. I mean, even if you just emulate like you did with Star Fox 60, with, uh, you know, Mario 64 or something, just put this. Hell, put Star Fox 64 on another pack and just put them all out there. Why not? There should just be a channel on Nintendo Switch online. It's There should be a GameCube channel at this point. There's no reason not to have it. I mean, they have never... Do they emulate GameCube on Wii U at all? Yeah, sad Wii. Okay. Why isn't... Why isn't it should be on the Switch by now, then. Maybe with but, Rare and Namco, it's a little harder to get that stuff. Well, I mean, I these mean, games, but like just any GameCube game should be on there. If yeah, Mario I mean, Sunshine yes. is in 3D All-Stars... Yeah, but that wasn't. <laughs> that was how can we uh, rake you over the coals? 
And then, like, I mean, Metro Prime Trilogy is the, like, possibly coming? <laughs> well, I guess that's Gee. also Wii code. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Metro Prime is amazing, though. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Like, they could just emulate a bunch of it and then just, like, call it a day. Or they could just actually put it on there and, like, do the work. Because if you're just going to emulate it, then you're better off just putting... I mean, I don't know. I want the... I would love to see the GameCube on the Virtual Console thing, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think that's too much work. I think people, like, would just start not shutting up about Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, And then if they put it out and it wasn't flawless, then, like, people would literally be attacking Nintendo with pitchforks. Yes. Okay, you are right with that. All right. Yeah. And from Christian Healy, haven't played this one, but I liked Adventures a whole lot. <laughs> Thank you. I think I can't remember what I thought of thought Adventures, but you can go listen to that. Uh, from Zachary Tyler McFink, even though the game is good, but not amazing, it's still a top tier Star Fox game. The poor franchise has struggled so much. Mm-hmm. And last comment I'm going to read from Christian McFall. If I had to choose between Assault and Zero, I'd probably pick Zero. Not an insult, by the way. I think both are good fun. Assault's biggest issue that it felt slow. There's no collision and the flying is just, well, slow. I also never understood mm-hmm. the voice filter that made everyone sound like they were talking into a can. I like the on-foot stuff, and the rail shooter lever is still a better game than Adventures and Command. <laughs> People do not like Adventures sometimes. Again, they made a lot of choices on the GameCube that people either loved or hated. Yeah. Well, I think we should go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Dominic, why don't you go first? This is floating somewhere between st- uh, Shelf and Box. Like, it's cool. I'll probably keep it because I have the GameCube copy. But, like, it's not something I'm going to, like, return to, except for unlocking those last two silver medals and getting Xevious and playing that. Once I do that, I don't know if I'll ever return to it. Okay. Oh, what about you, Blair? I was, like, leading up to the episode, I would have said Shelf. is like, I still have my copy, and I, I won't sell it, because, I mean, who knows if we'll ever see it again. But I would probably say Stack, because, like, Star Fox 64, like, it's on, like, Nintendo Switch Online, and even there's the original Star Fox, I can turn it on and just... Like play for like an hour and get a lot out of it, but like this, I might not play again for like another five years. Like it's it's good, and I think a respectable entry in the Star Fox series, but I think the rough edges just hold it back a little. And I would say if you have a Wii U, hook it up and probably buy Star Fox Command and Virtual Console before <laughs> it, the shop gets shut down. Yeah, I might have to do that because yeah. I, I I really want to play Command now, and I. So that might happen. Okay, I'll go last. I'm going to put this in the box. I enjoyed it. I had fun, but I have no desire to ever touch it again. I don't know if I'd recommend it to a lot of people. I mean, I when I when we started this episode, I was thinking of putting it higher. But the more we talked about it, I realized, like, yeah, I have no no interest. Never. I'm glad I finally played it. I'm glad it finally crossed off my list. And it's not a bad game. It's just not something that I, I, I care enough about in any shape or form to ever mess with again so going in the box but i'm happy to, i'm happy to exist and i'm happy that we finally talked about it it only took us yeah. a, a lot of episodes <laughs> it took us by dinosaur planet adventures i think i enjoyed it i did enjoy adventures more i'm pretty sure i can't remember what the hell i did with adventures if it was shelf stacker box i think i enjoyed adventures a little bit more because it's a it was, long game though it's a longer game it was a bit more i don't know stable in a way not yeah. literally but i can't think of a better word for it I'm also happy that this game is short because I need a short game. And the, and the last thing I want to something I want to say, I forgot to say is I got to play Star Fox Assault in an airport. So I got to cross that off my my bucket list. <laughs> it was fun. I was going on Vegas and I was sitting in the, and I needed to work on my gaming. So I'm like, OK, I pulled up my laptop, sit in the airport and started playing Star Fox Assault. Didn't get to play long, but I played a little bit of my laptop. So, yeah, I love emulation. 
<laughs> and yes, I would buy this game if it got re-released in a pack with Star Fox Adventure on the Switch. I would buy it for like 20 bucks. Yes. I know it would not be 20 bucks ever, but I would pay 20 bucks for it for both games. Like it should be. But Nintendo would never do that. Because so. Nintendo is not nice. Like I just paid 30 bucks for Skyward Sword on a deal for the remake on nice. Switch. That's cool at least. I need to play it. So it's the one. It's one of the 3D Zeldas I've never touched ever. So I need to change that to one day. I'll be on the show someday. And if you want to hear more Star Fox, we have covered Star Fox Adventures, episode 161, and Star Fox 64, episode 32. So that's how long ago we were supposed to do Assault on the show, episode 32. And then it got pushed away and had no interest in coming back until we did Adventures and I wanted to play more Star Trek for, or more Star Fox for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. All right. And uh, Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find my work at comicbookvideogames.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Blaircade. And on Facebook, you can uh, join the comicbookvideogames.com Facebook group. And Dominic, where can people find you at? Yeah, uh, you can find me in the Dissident Waves podcast on YouTube. I'm on the Overblood Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I. All right. And if you enjoyed this show, you can find we have over 300 other episodes of this show. We do games, we do movies, we do comics, we do TV show seasons, so mostly Star Wars. But definitely go check out everything that we do. We went through the whole Infinity Saga MCU. If you can't find something you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, use Podbean. Everything is on Podbean. So you can download it there, you can find it. Some podcatchers will go all the way back, but not the main ones that most people use, like Stitcher or Spotify. iTunes do not. I know from example, <laughs> from experience. So that and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Only audio, but we are there if you'd like to get your podcast that way. So I always try to put it up there. And subscribe makes me happy when I see the subscribe thing tick up. So if you listen to it, just do it just because. And <laughs> and the other thing I, I want to say, we have shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU socket with me. He started his own podcast, a gamer looks at 40. So definitely go check him out. You will see a link in the show notes to all the things that we have mentioned. Also want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. She makes videos. So she made our awesome music and we do have a patreon for as little as a dollar you can vote in our in our patreon polls each month i do a different one right now it's a star wars movie poll what star wars movie we should cover so as little as a dollar you can vote in our poll and help shape the show and the more people that sign up eventually i'm going to do other polls and help have more ways to shape the show as that comes up so definitely go help us out and i think that's everything i need to say so we will see you guys all next time bye everybody bye bye, bye.